I wanted to let Bianca have just a second before Jacob gets into his message to kind of let us know what's on her heart. Well, I am just excited to be here, and um, I, I really don't want to share a lot of uh, the ministry because Jacob's going to go over that. But, you know, um, God has a plan for each one of us, and it's, it's always, uh, it's not a plan where you are in, in lack or in doubt. You always have the confidence in the abundance. In the last two weeks, we have been able to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, even just uh, as we went to Bible college together, we just had such a great foundation for a marriage that we needed, you know. Um, and, and the best foundation that you can always have for your life is the, the Word of God because it's not going to change. There's, there's so many things around us that change. That there's noise around us. But if you just uh, have the Word of God in your heart, it, it will never, it will never um, um, it, it will always keep you at a place where you need to be, where you're grounded. So um, we're just thankful that we were able to do that, to, to go to Bible college at that time. And ever since, it, it has just continued. It's like Father God has been showing us that you're going to, you know, he continues to wow us over and over. And Jacob will maybe will share a little bit about that and also what has happened the last two weeks that have been incredible. God is just showing us that even as we're um, going into the mission field, He's already provided the way. He is showing us how he has just went before us and we just walk uh, right where he's leading and everything's provided for. So I believe the same for your life as you're continuing to be in, um, in a church grounded in his word, that he will show you what his will for your life is. Because each one of you have something. You have people that we can't reach and, um, and people just need to know the love of Jesus. They just need to know that they're eternally loved, that they're never alone, you know. So we're just thankful, thankful to be here, and uh, thank you for receiving us so nice this morning. Amen. I'm mic'd up. Oh, you're mic'd yeah. up. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah, Dusty might need that. <laughs> Absolutely. We could have just let her preach this morning. So we could have done that. She can. She can. But you know what? I, I really I love this brother. He, we, we, stood, we stood in the middle of um, Santiago. And, and we were doing ministry in the midst of people who just did not know who they were. And I watched this man, like, just pray with people over and over and over again. And so I just know his heart, and I know that what he's going to give you this morning is going to be an awesome testimony. And that it's going to inspire us. It's going to make us say, hey, there's more for me. You know? Because there is. There is more for each and every one of us. So, without further ado, I give you evangelist, <laughs> Jacob Bain. Thank you so much, Mr. Dusty. Um, I'm just so glad and honored to be here, really am. And uh, before I get started, I, I just got to go back to the demerit story for a minute. <laughs> um, so, and, you know, me and my wife, we were p- privileged enough to be able to go to Bible college together. Um, you know, we, it was before our two kids that we have now. We, and we were working full time. We know that we were call, we knew that we were called to ministry, and we just didn't know how in the world we we're going to be able to do it. And so, uh, and then the opportunity came where Karis came to Birmingham, and it's like, oh well, okay. The father brought Bible college to us, and so we we're going to do it full time. So we worked full time with the Bible college full time, and that was just a joy. Uh, and then I bumped into Dusty. <laughs> And you know what? I love Dusty, and he's a, you know, there's nobody like him. Uh, But I want to tell you really how the demerits kind of, you know, uh, originated. You know, when you come to Karis, you know, you you grew up in law and legalism and some things that, traditions that kind of maybe 
uh, had you in bondage for a little while. And so when you come into grace, you learn about, you know, when you come to Karis Bible College, you learn about grace, and you learn about the love of God, and you you start to get set free from all these things. And so we somehow came up with a demerit system to kind of bring some balance back into things. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't want to just have this grace environment, so we started giving demerits. I think that's how it started. And then I think every time I would get up to speak, I'd have to give Dusty like uh, a thousand demerits, and then he'd give me a thousand demerits. And so it's been a while since I have gave Dusty some demerits. And so today, I've been, I've been saving them up. So I got, I got you 1,200,000 demerits on your record. Amen. Yes, and they are, they are non-transferable. <laughs> so uh, praise the Lord. So that's kind of, it was, you know what, that was, I loved coming to Bible college and reading the word, but I really loved giving Dusty demerits more than anything. <laughs> hey, can I have my Bible there? I actually laid it down. It's got my notes and stuff in it. I would love to tell you about um, Nations Rise a little bit before I get started as well. And, uh, you know, Nations Arise, just like, you know, early on in um, Karis Bible College, we knew we were called to be missionaries. And uh, this really was, you know, it was just real on our heart. And at the time, all these pictures you see, None of this was inexistent. It was just an idea in our heart. And the Lord put it there. And so we just kept pursuing it and kept pursuing it. And in 2017, you know, we went to um, two mission trips. We went to Cunha, Mexico first. That's a border town in Mexico. And we just saw this other missionary group that was just doing a lot of good, and they were reaching a lot of people. And the way that they were doing it were they were, um, they were targeting the children in the communities, and I recognized something. I, I, I gained some wisdom from what they were doing. When you put your focus on children, man, it opens the door for all other ministry to flourish because you're showing the people that you love them, that you love their children, and then because of that, they open their homes up to you, they open their churches up to you, and, and so I saw that before we got started. And so I said, Lord, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. And Bianca the same way. We want to do missionary work. And so we linked up with some people in our church that had the same mindset for ministry, uh, for missions ministry. And um, in 2017, we, we started having our meetings. And then in 2019, we launched Nations Arise. So it's only been, what, three years. This is our fourth year in missions. And we've done so, so much. Uh, really, it just took off. In 2019, it just took off. We just shared our vision at the church. We shared our vision with everybody we knew, and it just took off. And the way we started Nations Arise was it started mainly as an international ministry. And what we do is we build schools around the world. And our first school we built in 2019. The same year we started, we built our first school in Morelia, Mexico. And uh, right away, we had 75 kids in our school. It's just like we didn't really know what we were doing. The Holy Spirit did. And just started, you know, filling in the pieces, putting the puzzle together. And that's kind of what happened. You know, Nations Arise ministry had something to do. I mean, it's like the Lord gave us wisdom on how to do this, but ultimately it was, it was his work. It wasn't us. 
And so what happened was it just took off. And the right people, the people, the connections, the people we were supposed to work with, um, they just were being revealed. And so Fernando and Patty Delgado are our mission directors down there. And when we met them, it was just like, wow, there's something special about them. But we didn't know it at the time. And then uh, when we said, yes, Lord, those are the ones we're going to work with. And so the moment we started working with them, things took off. It just effortless. It just started happening. And uh, so they, they're down there building the school. We, we built the school on their church property. We built like, I think, four or five classrooms to get started. And we've been improving the school since. And so uh, from there on, we decided, well, let's don't stop in Mexico. Let's go to another country. <laughs> and so we went to Honduras. And now there was a school already existing there with some people we had a relationship with. So we, we have a partner school in Honduras. So we, we sponsor children there as well. And we do mission trips there. Uh, the children, you know, we're, we're raising up these kids to be leaders and pastors you know, one day they will be the leaders and pastors in their community. Amen. And so you got to win the hearts of the children while they're young. Don't wait till they get older when they're all confused and all messed up. If you train a child up in the way that they should go while they're early, they'll never depart from their ways. And so that's what that's our mindset. We're, we're educating children and the world is educating children away from God. And so, you know, very humbly, you know, we started with. We're influencing 75 kids, but you got to start somewhere. And I see the value in every child, every child. If, it's, if it was just one child, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to put the value on that one child. And you know what? We're doing that. And, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's going to make a huge difference. We don't see it right now, but down the road, a lot of these children are going to be leading churches. They are. They are. And so that's what we're doing. And, and, and also... Uh, just to uh, real quickly wrap this up, but we have a, uh, we're building another school in Liberia, Africa. I went there in 2018, and, and I, I went with another church at the time, and I think they just really wanted to build a connection with me. So I went there, and I met a pastor there, and he brought me to his home village. And this was the poorest place I've ever been to in my life. I get there, and it's like huts it's not houses it's huts it's village it's like people are they use the restroom right on the side of the trail they don't have bathrooms things like that they don't have plumbing they don't have electricity and so it's like going back in time and and when i got there i saw these huts and they just had like straw little roofs and dirt floors and that's where the kids laid and that's where they slept and the kids had one pairs of clothes you can tell you can imagine if you just had one pair of clothes how bad that would look that's how these the clothes that the kids had and so when i got there there were just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids and the holy spirit was like speaking to me you can build a school here too and i'm just i'm a country dude you know i'm just from alabama and the holy spirit's telling me you can do this you can do this and I was like, okay, Lord, we can do this. And so we're actually building that school this year. And we have like over, I, the pastor said we have two to 300 kids that's never been to school that's going to be enrolled in that school. Praise the Lord. And so, the, you know, you know how much it's going to cost to build a school over there? About $20,000, which is not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. So the money's already coming in for that. Um, but I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful to be a part of something like this because it's not me. It's, it's God. And I just, I'm thankful that the Lord 
put that desire inside of me to pursue this because, man, you know, there was a time in my life where I was just like everybody else. I'd get up, go to work, get up, go to work, get up, go to work, and there wasn't a whole lot of joy. But the moment that I started doing work for the Lord, it's just there's so much joy in it. There's just so much excitement in it. It's like, Lord, what can I do today? You know, and it's just like you, you discover something new every day. And, and I'm planning out years in, ahead about places we might be going. And, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it wisely. And that's just a small summary of, of what we're doing with Nations Arise. And, and the number one way we fund our schools is through sponsorships. We sponsor kids for $10 a month. And, you know, that's junk food. I go to a gas station, you'll be lucky to get out of there for less than $10, right? And so we made it so low for a reason, uh, to take away that excuse. And so people have gotten behind it, and people give. They sponsor two, three kids, and we send every penny. Not one penny of sponsorship stays back in the ministry. We send that to the school for the child, and that's what runs the school. And the, and the directors oversee that money. So you know what? That's, that's, that's what we do. Uh, but there's so much more that I could stand up here all day and talk about. But that is the, the, the gist of it. Um, but I do want to quickly mention that we are doing local outreach now. We did purchase a commercial food trailer. We're going to go around Birmingham and, 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 and have this food trailer just kind of go in these communities at set times. And we're going to reach people through the gospel. Amen. And, uh, but we're going to feed them. The number one thing you got to do, you got to show people that you love them first. And then they'll listen, right? And so that's the idea behind it. But the, the food trailer is just the tool. And we're going to build this out. It's going, we'll have speakers. We're going, to, you know, we're going to have worship playing. We're going to have face painting for kids. We're going to go after everybody in these communities because those people, you know, they, they're not, probably not ever going to step foot in a church. So we're going to go to them. So that's kind of the, this is new. This is brand new. We're doing that this year. We've already got the food trailer. Um, we're we're going to launch that maybe within a month. Um, so we're, we're hopefully we'll be out in Birmingham, and you might see us one day. Uh, so just keep your eyes peeled. Um, with that being said, I think that's all I have to say about Nations Arise. So I want to go ahead and get right into the message this morning. Praise the Lord. And I want to say thank you again for having me, Dusty. Um, it's a blessing to be here. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to see what God has done in, in y'all's lives. Um, I knew that Dusty was called to pastor. Um, you know, he shared some of his, you know, dreams with me in Bible college. And to see this is, is, is a testimony. Amen. And um, it's, a, it's, it's an honor to be here with you. Um, so today, I, you know, I, was, I had a message in my mind that I was going to share with you guys. I was actually going to talk about identity. And then uh, Friday, the Lord really started putting a different word in my heart for, for us today. Um, so um, I'm going to get right into it. Um, but... One of the things that um, struck my attention, um, you know, we as believers, we as Christians, we want to be a good example for our families, right? We want to be a good example for our friends. We want to be a good example to everyone that we meet. And, and that's good, right? It's, it's good to, to be a great example. But uh, sometimes what happens is in our uh, uh, trying to be that good example, we can sometimes get into this performance mentality, right? And so, um, but that's not where we need to be. See, the moment we take our eyes off of Christ and put them on 
ourself and what we have to do. We, we just stepped from grace into works. And that's where frustration comes in. That can happen in ministry, too. It can. I've, I've done that with Nations Arise. I've, I've took my eyes off of Christ sometimes and said, well, I've got to do this. If the ministry is going to prosper, I've got to do this, this, and this. And then it starts becoming a burden rather than the joy and the effortless, you know, you know, provision that the Lord has for me. It does take work. But when you're in the right place, when your eyes are on Christ, it's joy. It's joy. And you feel it. You feel it when you're doing it. And so that's what I'm talking about today is, is how do we be, how, how do we um, become a great follower of Christ so that we can be that example? And that, there's only one way of doing it. That is to be Christ-conscious. Christ-conscious, always. Never have your focus and your attention on yourself because you get into self-performance, right? You get into um, envy. You start envying others, and you don't want people to envy you. So it's always, hey, if I can be a good example for anybody, if I can be a good example for my family, it's to always have my attention on Christ. You know what? Because I'm going to make mistakes. Dusty's going to make mistakes. And if you're always going to watch Dusty, you're going to see a lot of mistakes. I'm just kidding. You're going <laughs> to... You're going to see a lot of mistakes. Amen. Amen. But what's going to bless you, and I know this is true, what's going to bless you more is that when you see Dusty make mistakes, he's going to say, you know what, I did make a mistake, but thank God I have Jesus. Amen. And in him I'm righteous. And in him I'm taken care of. I'm forgiven. Amen. That's that example we are to be. Amen. And never boast of ourselves. Never boasting how well we live and how good we live, but always be boasting about Christ. Amen? So what makes someone great in the eyes of God? Anybody want to take a shot at that? What makes someone great in the eyes of God? Believing him. Believing him. That's definitely one of them. Being lazy. That's good. Wow, y'all have been reading my message. <laughs> That's it, basically. The Holy Spirit showed me this. There's two things that I really believe, according to Scripture, that makes us great. You know, we, we can walk in greatness. Not, not out of self-pride or self-performance, but we can walk in greatness according to what God, God defines as greatness. And I believe it's faith, believing, and humility. Sometimes we get the faith part and we forget the humility part. I think it, it, it takes both of those things to, truly, to really truly have great faith. You need to have greater humility. And that's the message I want to talk about today. You know, the world measures greatness in a different way. You know... Are you a good athlete? Are you a successful business person? Are you um, talented? Are you a celebrity? Do you have a million followers on Instagram? So that's the world's version of being great. But that's not God's version. God could care less about that stuff, right? Now, influence is good. It's good when an athlete 
has that kind of influence and a celebrity has that kind of influence and they use it to further Christ. Now that's good. But at the end of the day, none of that stuff matters regarding fame, right? What matters is do we believe God? And are we humble? Amen? And so I have not taught on this much. (laughs) This is a new message for me. I I typically stick to grace and I talk about unmerited favor and uh, because I, I win people to the Lord that way. But I really believe, you know, this is a, a mature church, and, um, and th- you are believers. But this is something we can always grow in, Absolutely. always grow in. And me, myself, I tell you, I'm not always humble. <laughs> I'm not always humble. And so I'm, as I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. And um, so when you believe God and walk in humility, you are walking in greatness. Let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 7. And I realized I could have sent this to you, and I just had it right there. Next time I'll have it. Yeah. Um, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 7. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I really, the part that stands out to me the most is God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There's like three other places in the scripture where it talks about that same thing. I want grace. I want more and more and more and more and more grace. Amen? But it, as long as we're walking around prideful and proud and boasting of ourselves, we're just blocking that. We're just like saying, no, God, don't give me grace. Don't give me grace. And that happens in ministry. It happens in ministry. It happens in churches. People that's been in church their whole life, they can still walk in pride and be proud. And you know what? It's not good. It's not that God doesn't want to give us grace. It's just a destructive mindset. It's a destructive way of life to... To, to walk around proud because you're boasting of your own goodness and you're not ever pointing people to Christ's goodness and how good he was to you, amen? And so it's, it's so important to walk in humility. So we're going to get into that further. But humility is lowly in spirit, not thinking too highly of yourself in terms of better than someone else. Now, we, and I believe you already know this, but if you're born again, you have the spirit of Christ. You do. You have the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead living inside of you. And you're you're not only like him. You're not only like him, but you have the same authority that he has. Amen? But even that was a free gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. So you can't brag about all of that, right? So we got to remain humble and give the glory to God, right? Not take that glory for ourselves. That happens a lot in, in churches. I say that. We're all on the same team, right? And I don't, I don't put down other churches. You know, I, I come from uh, traditional backgrounds. You know, I came from um, 
uh, I grew up first in the Church of God. And I remember as a child seeing people trembling and shaking and jumping the pews. I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified. But I, I, I eventually kind of moved into the Baptist hemisphere. And then that's where I really got saved, I believe, when I was in the, you know, the Baptist church. And, um, and so I loved it there, but then they, they kind of ignored some other biblical truths like the Holy Spirit. But you know what? I'm thankful for that Baptist church. I'm thankful for that church of God. You know, they were doing what they knew to do, and so we're on the same team. But I say all that to say, you know, um, I don't want to pick on any churches, um, but we need, to, we need to be humble churches. <laughs> you know, I, I do feel like what's happened in the body of Christ is, you know, sometimes, um, for instance, a mega church. You know, sometimes you can get a habit of plastering the face of the pastor everywhere. And, and I'll tell you why I'm going to talk about that later. But uh, too much self-promotion. I guess you could say. And we really don't need to be self-promoting. We need to be Christ-promoting. Amen? And so, not knocking anybody that has that appearance, but uh, I really believe we, as we grow in grace, we're going to have to grow in more humility. And that's the church as a whole. Church as a whole. We've got to all grow in humility. It's very important because God, will, when you're humble, he will exalt you. Amen. Because he can trust you because your focus is on Christ. Amen. 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 All right. So in addition to humility, I want to really talk about faith a little bit. You know, faith pleases God. Amen. And we're going to talk about that scripture. Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you have to have faith to please God, first of all. Um, But faith, that word faith comes from the Greek word. And I don't do a lot of Greek word stuff, but I did want to take this one back uh, because I found something. Uh, It comes from the word and it's the conviction of truth. It's believing God, basically. That's really what it is. It's believing God, but that's the noun word. I want to take a look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Okay, so that same word believed right there was derived from that other Greek word that we just talked about. It's the verb version of faith. See, when I was talking about faith earlier, it was the noun. And then right here, when Abraham believed God, that word right there is pistuyo. And it literally means believing God, as, you know, actively believing. Not just, you know, we've all got faith living inside of us. The problem is we're not using it. So that's what I want to draw out. I want to draw this out of the scripture for a minute. When you believe God, you're receiving from God. 
Amen? And it takes a humble heart to receive from God. But believing, when you believe God, he accounts it as righteousness. Simply put, that's what it is. He just wants you to believe him. He don't want you to strive. You know, a lot of times we look at faith as this, I got to work something up. I got to do this. Oh, man, I got to have, I got to build my faith and do this and do this. Man, it's already there. Just use it. Just like you're hearing me speak right now. You got ears, but you have to actively listen, right? You have to use your hearing, right? The same way with our faith. It's right there. He's given that to us, and I'm going to prove that to you. He's given us faith. We just have to use it. Amen? And so that's that, that word. So to think, to be true, to be persuaded of, to credit, to place confidence in. Man, just place confidence in God's word and what he says about you. Amen? Let's take a look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say... Through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Amen? You know, just a minute ago, I told you, God has placed faith on the inside of us. Amen? It's already there. When we were born again, Faith of Christ was placed in the inside of us. We have it, and we have to use it. And that faith can lie dormant if we let it. It can, but we've got to use that faith to believe God for big things. Amen? So God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has placed the ability to believe in the conviction inside of every human being. We cannot brag about our faith. Or let our faith become, Lord, let ourselves become proud. When you believe on the name of Jesus, the grace of God just begins, it, it just begins to cover you. And you become like him. Amen? Amen? And when you believe God, like I said, it's accounted as righteousness. And so that's the importance of having faith. Is, is using the faith that you have because it pleases God. And to have great faith, you have to have even greater humility. This is the part I really want to get into. This I'm going to spend the most time on, but really, the more faith, when you develop your faith, when you're growing your faith, you have to learn to remain humble, right? Because really, people are going to start recognizing, hey, that's a man of faith, that's a man of faith. And people can begin to envy you. And you've got to remember not to let that happen. So you've got to walk in more humility and walk in more humility. And so who would you consider to be the greatest man of faith? Another question. Who would you consider to be the greatest man of faith? Abraham. I think that's a good one. Hmm? Paul. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Billy Graham. I heard of Billy Graham. That's good. All of these men are Billy Graham, and God would not want us out here comparing ourselves with each other. But there is one place in Scripture where Jesus talked about the greatest. Close, kind of. John the Baptist. You remember that? Okay, trick question there. Um, Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. 
Assuredly, this is Jesus speaking. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. There's something in John the Baptist that Jesus noticed. And that's what we're going to figure out here shortly. Okay, there was something about John the Baptist that made Jesus say that about him. But I loved how Jesus ended that because he didn't want us comparing ourselves. He said, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Think about that word, least. We've got to learn to be least. Amen. But you see, John the Baptist was still alive at this time. When you enter into the kingdom of heaven, we're all... We're all equal. There's not going to be any competition. We're all his children. That's the way God views us all as his children. No one's greater than the other. Amen? So the least is just as important to God as the greatest in the eyes of men. Amen? Amen. Amen. So there's something about John the Baptist that Jesus noticed. The least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. All right, so... I want to take a look at John chapter 3, and this is going to really reveal this to you. John chapter 3, verse 27 through 30. And there was a dispute that broke out between John's disciples and some of the Jews. See, John was baptizing people before Jesus came along in the name of Christ. And then Christ came, and he baptized Christ. Amen? And then Jesus went about, you know, doing what the Lord had him to do. And he was baptizing people in his name. And some of the disciples that John had were disputing amongst some others, this man that you baptize is out there baptizing people. And a lot of followers are going his way. And so there's a little bit of jealousy there, you know. And that was not right. See, they were were putting their focus on man. They were putting their focus on, on man instead of Christ. And John never wanted that to happen. You know, it wasn't his purpose for that to happen, but it began to happen because there's a nature inside a man that wants to boast and envy in their flesh. And so let's read this for a moment. John answered and said, this is verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness, bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, This joy of mine is fulfilled. It says, he must increase, but I must decrease. See, right here in this moment, this great man of faith, John the Baptist, the one crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord, he walked in humility. That's That's what you can really... Find out about John the Baptist. He was a humble man. He was a bold man. He was a man of faith. But the reason he was such a great man of faith was because he was 
humble enough not to point at himself and to lead people to Christ. Amen? I remember in the Baptist church hearing a uh, pastor say this, and it stuck with me. We, we need to be like that. We need to, that. That's the example we need to be as we progress, as we, as we move in the things of God, go deeper into his word, growing in grace, putting our faith in his, his love and his grace, is to always keep in mind that it's a free gift. Amen? Amen? And we give him the glory. Always give him the glory. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So John knew humility. He never wanted to be seen as greater. He was always pointing to Jesus. I really believe that what happens to many faith leaders in churches today, they begin as great, they begin as people as of great faith, and they gain many followers, but they forget about humility. And what that does is it starts creating division. As churches grow, there can be divisions. And you kind of see that in Alabama, right? There's like five churches on the same street. <laughs> you know, I believe that's just, sometimes that was just a church split, you know? And we'd have to do our history to figure out what really happened. But there's like, sometimes there's churches right here, and a church there, and a church there. Praise God for all these churches, first of all. Amen. We're all on the same team. Um, but it's important. It's really important for us as as uh, believers, every believer, to walk in humility because it's attractive. It's attractive. Think about the loss for a minute. They see us. They see us. And when we walk as humble believers, when we have the, the faith of God living on the inside of us, and we're celebrating Christ and exalting him, and we're just, and we never see ourselves as better than anybody else. They start to notice. I witnessed this in my life. I witnessed this. We used to be in the military together, and I would go off to. I went to sergeant school, um, and I was with people I've never seen before. And at that time, I was still in Bible school, and I was just so full of the Word, and the Holy Spirit was just, man, it was so alive inside of me. And there was just so much ungodliness happening in that class that I was in. There was maybe 20, 30 people I've never seen before. And I probably was the only active Christian there. <laughs> I think so. And I never once judged or criticized anybody. Not one time. I didn't force my faith on anyone. I'd had a good time around them, actually. And then they started noticing things about me. It's like, they were like, you're a Christian, right? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Why aren't you judging me? Why aren't you criticizing me? Why aren't you telling me all these things? I said, well, I just want to love you to Christ, brother. You know, and I don't want to put you down, condemn you, or anything like that. And I told them the truth. I did when they were opening the door. What happened was my position of humility really opened the door for those conversations to happen. And there was two people there. Uh, one one man, I don't think he was a Christian, but his wife was dealing with something. She she potentially had cancer and things like that. He wanted me to pray for him because he knew I was a man of faith and I was humble. And 
I got to pray with him about his wife. Never met this man before. And we start praying with him. I said, in the name of Jesus, cancer, you die. Cancer, you will not be found in her body. And, man, he was just in tears. He was believing every word I said. And I'm sitting there standing on my faith, you know. The flesh is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, cancer, you die. And about three or four days later, this, this gentleman comes up to me and says, not one bit of cancer was found in her body. Amen. Amen. And it blessed my socks off because I was just standing on my faith. And I knew the power wasn't me. <laughs> you know, it was God's power. But I was just using my faith to believe with this man and for his wife, who I've never met. Amen. And you know what? God did something there. He did. He healed her. Amen. And so humility will open doors for you to minister to other people. It will. Just walk in humility. I'm, I'm at the end of my time, but I want to say this. Um, I'm working one more week with my sister. You know, I'm, my family, we're getting ready to move to Morelia, Mexico. We, we're selling our house and leaving everything behind to go serve the Lord. But it ain't like I'm worried. <laughs> I am excited. If I could go tomorrow, I would. I'm excited because, really, I don't care about anything, really my family and friends. Of course, I'm going to miss my family and friends, but we'll be coming back and forth. But there's so much joy waiting for us in Mexico. Amen. I have a whole page here I'm never going to get done with, but I want to just uh, find, find a landing here. Um, you know, Jesus, I, we talked about John the Baptist, but let's talk about Jesus for just a quick moment. He washed his disciples' feet. We did a foot washing in Costa Rica. Thank God I didn't have to wash Dusty's feet. <laughs> I would have been like, pass. No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's that smell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know what? Nothing more, I guess, humiliating or humbling to do than wash someone's feet. Think about it. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. One by one. And they didn't have tennis shoes. They had sandals. And they'd been walking around in dirt and mud. And I can imagine they smelled. Some dirty feet. Amen? Just think about that. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. He was a man of humility. This was God in the flesh. I'm going to wash your feet. Because he came to serve. He's that example. He's the example. We're not the example. He's the example. Amen? And so God came to serve us. And so we're to serve one another. And as I bring this to a close, I want to share a little bit about Isaiah. You know, my son, he's three. You saw him running around. and He was like attached to my leg like a growth a minute ago. And uh, he, uh, he uh, basically... Um, you know, when it's bath time, he don't want to get a bath. <laughs> and he, he doesn't know, he probably could try, but he's not going to bathe himself well. He needs his daddy to wash him. Amen. Now, we are born-again believers, and I'm, hopefully we're all born again. And if you're not, you just got to believe on the name of Jesus, and you're saved. Amen. But we do get dirty in this fallen world. We see things. We hear things. We... we 
We have frustrations. We deal with stress. We deal with people at work. Oh, man, that person at work could just ruin your day, right? <laughs> you know what it's like. I've been there. You know, we get dirty from things, and we, and we need to be washed. And we can't wash ourselves. We can't. That's, this is why you've got to be humble enough to admit it. So when you go through something in life, whether it's every day or a heated moment or something in your marriage or something with your kids or something with your relatives, it doesn't matter what it is. Man, it's time to be washed. Because the safest place for any situation to be is in the hands of God. Amen? And so right now, I just want to speak this blessing over you. That right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare the Holy Spirit to wash you, to cover you. Can I get just a little bit of music as we bring this close? Could you stand up with me today? Yes. Thank you, Father, for everyone that's in here. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for the faith that you've placed on the inside of us, that it's been placed there, that we have it. We've all been given a measure of faith. Thank you, Father, for that. And thank you, Father, for humility. Help us to grow in humility, Father, so that we can be an imitator of Christ, truly, because he's our example. And we want people to see Christ in us. So, Father, we we open our hearts to humility. Make me more humble. Make me more like you. Make me willing to to do the lesser desirable things. And love people to Christ. And not force it, but just with your gentle love, lead them to Christ. Right now, I speak blessings over every life here. Every life. No matter what they're going through. Whether it's just a stressful situation. Whether it's their, their family, co-workers. Whether it's health problems. I just speak peace over there right now joy into your heart right now that it's taken care of. As I'm speaking to you right now, just give it over to God. I just see, I can see it in your hands right now. You have to see it in your hands, like just hand it to God. And I promise you, He'll take care of it. We've seen that. Just give it over to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your grace and your love. And thank you for the joy that you've placed on the inside of us. I bless everyone here. I thank you, Father, that when we leave this place, we're going to feel encouraged. We're going to feel at peace. And your joy is going to be alive in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, you and you and all can come back up here. Y'all can't get away. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I want Heather to come up here. Um, so, 
most of y'all that were here the last two weeks prior, Heather and I have done a small mini-series on belief. So this was an awesome thing. And by the way, I didn't go and talk to them and say, because he told me that he was going to do an identity teaching. I was like, that's true. (laughs) That's true. That's how the Holy Spirit works, is that he is constantly... I mean, there was things you touched on that we had touched on, but you added some things to. That's awesome. Praise God. So I just wanted you guys to know that I kind of felt like that this was a a Holy Spirit moment that you guys actually brought some rounding out to to what we had talked about the last two. Amen. But what I want to do is I want us to pray over Jacob and Bianca as they go forth. I want us to all be in agreement with them. And... Before we pray for them, I want to tell you that, you know, if you wanted to give to Jacob and Bianca, you could give to Nations Arise. If you want to give directly to them, you could give to the church and we would uh, we would provide them with a, a, you know, a final check, if you will, because the church is planning on giving some money to them anyway. But if you want to add to that, please do so and we'll get it to them. Um, you can give, if you want to give by check or by cash, you can give in the back. If you are giving online via PayPal or Vimo, you just basically give via, you just, in fact, in Vimo, you can say the Banes or Nations Arise, and we will get it to them. Um, PayPal also has special donation, and we'll get it to them as well. So without further ado, I want to pray over them. And I want you guys to be in agreement with our prayers over them as they go forth into a new area of ministry. I mean, I got news for you. Faith. Because I, you know, I haven't, I definitely, every time I've thought about going overseas or going into another country, I go, nope, that's not what I want to do. So everybody reach your hand out towards them right now. Father, we come to you Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over Jacob and Bianca right now, I just pray in Jesus' name that you are giving them peace, that you're giving them um, security, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that the money that they need to be able to live down there and to be able to do their ministry, that it's coming in. I thank you, Father, that there's going to be more ministry opportunities, that they're going to put schools all over the world. And I just pray in Jesus' name that this is only the beginning and that there's so much more that is going to be upon them and that's going to go through them. I pray over nations arise. I pray over Jacob. I pray over Bianca. And I just thank you, dear Lord, that you're giving them peace. You're giving them uh, safety and security. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. You know, if if you wanted to give, even if, you know, they, they have a, a ministry through Nations Arise that you can give to children. I'm pretty sure that if you just wanted to write them a big fat check every single month, you could just send it directly to them as well. But, you know, I, I like being able to partner with people that I know their hearts. Because I know that the money is going to the kids. It's going to their ministry. And by the way, it's okay for y'all to, I wanted to let you know, I know you don't need my permission, but it's okay for y'all to take money. 
you know, it's okay for you to go down there and let people pay your bills. Amen. Don't feel guilty about that. That's something that has been on my heart. You know, we, we have to allow the Lord to work through others. We have to allow the Lord to work through others. If there's a million dollars you find in your backyard that says God created this, it's counterfeit because God doesn't create money. He creates opportunity. Man created money. And see, that's what we have to understand is that it's okay to get something from man. You know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted them to also come and and have this opportunity with us is because I wanted y'all to get to know them. Because if you feel like that you should give, please do. Well, I'm going to go ahead and bless our food and get us uh, get us into the most important part, which is eating. Everybody bow your head. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. We just thank you, dear Lord, for this wonderful word, for this time of fellowship, Father. I thank you that there is opportunities today for people to, to say, I can do more. There is more that I can do, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit is revealing those things to us. And I just pray in Jesus' name that each and every person that is in the sound of my voice, that they're listening to the Holy Spirit, and that they can look at the veins and say, you know what, God can, God can give things in my heart for me to do either in a small way or in a great way. But I'm going to say yes, Lord. Because that bridge to faith is when I hear and I believe and then I act. And that's what, that's what I, I take away and I'm, I'm renewing in my own heart, Father, is that I'm going to continue to say yes. I'm going to continue to say yes when it's not hard or, or when it's hard and I, I don't want to do it. But Father, you're going to provide all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I pray over this food in this time of fellowship. I ask you bless the food, sanctified in Jesus' name. And we just thank you for it. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>